Yes, well, I'd be happy to share my enlightened opinions with any of them. And then Flint says, Jim, you want me to make his day? Hello and welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight and today Aline Sims does not join us, but we do have science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford joining us for part two of the conclusion of Hollywood Gem. Oh, Hollywood Gem. Hey, look, it's Gem. <laughs> Hollywood Gem. That's right. In season two, episode 27, Hollywood Gem Part 2, and the winner is... The winner of the Best Actress Award is announced, and Kimber sorts out her love life. Kind of. Well, that remains to be seen. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Showtime synergy. Episode 53 uh, is written by, once again, Roger Slipper wrote uh, both Part 1 and Part 2. We open with Sheena, Aja, and Rhea, who have taken Kimber bridal gown shopping. Kimber laments Jerrica not joining her because of the argument they had in part one. Much to Kimber's surprise, Jerrica shows up and tells her sister that even though she thinks she's making a mistake, if marrying Jeff is what she wants, then she'll stand by her. You know what? That is possibly the first time that Jerrica has actually been a good sister, <laughs> at least in recent memory, you know, you know, she can yeah. be mad about Kimber's wanting to get married all she wants. But yeah, that is the right thing to say. If this is what makes you happy, I will support you. I agree. Do you think it was okay for her to, do you think there's any problem with saying, well, I still think you're making a mistake. Cause I thought uh, you don't really need to, reiterate that because you've already said that to her and that made her upset the first time. Jerrica gotta be Jerrica, yo. So I just took a point off for that kind of <laughs> sort of apology, but it's kind of like that, you know, when, when you try to apologize to someone, but then you add a but. I'm sorry if you, or I'm sorry if you were offended by that comment. <laughs> right. Which is sort of the non-apology. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of bridal shopping, we get the first music video of this episode called Tomorrow is My Wedding Day by Gem and the Holograms. What do you think of the song in the video, Tempest? So I've always loved this song. I don't know what it is. I think it's because when you are a, a young girl in American culture, yes, the, the whole idea of like, someday you're going to be a bride and you're going to put on a pretty dress and you're going to walk down the aisle and whatnot is, you know, it's sort of shoved at us. And I actually, it, it's kind of sweet, you know, like the, all the trappings of, you know, what's, what goes on with a wedding. You know, all your friends, they get together, they help you pick out a horrendously expensive dress. And at least that dress isn't ugly. Like that first dress that whoever pulled off the rack, that first dress was terrible. This dress that Kimber Yeah, was wearing, that the yellow yeah, one? The dress that Kimber is wearing, though. Oh, God. It's a nice dress. It's good. And I don't know. I just, I've, I've always liked this song musically. And it's, you know, it incorporates lots of stuff. You know, something borrowed, something blue. 
it's I don't know I like it a lot it, despite myself probably like as an adult I, I should probably be like this song is anti-feminist or something I don't know but I still like it yeah I, th- I thought it was a, an okay song I wish Aline was here to lend her I was comments just thinking, about Aline probably how she felt about did not like this song at all she'd, like, <laughs> she'd probably be like eh eh I, I can see that like I said it, I really like it despite <laughs> myself but I think I'm running sure. off of nostalgia because I listen to these songs a lot out of context, but I always remember where this song came from. Like this, this is one of those episodes where I've always remembered, even, you know, with Jem screaming about how you've killed his soul, even though his heart is still beating, <laughs> things like that. Right. I remember from, from my childhood and it's hilarious. Um, the thing, but the only thing about what's going on at the beginning of this episode, that's really just, just makes me go, eh is the fact that Kimber is getting married tomorrow. So, and and they make it sort of clear that all of this stuff is happening really fast. Like Jeff could have proposed yesterday for all we know in like the time of this show, right? And so Jeff proposes yesterday and then Kimber's like, okay, I'm going to go get a gown and then tomorrow we're going to get married. It takes a lot of time to plan a wedding. Just ask any wedding planner. <laughs> It takes some time. To you put think together, Jerrica plans things? things? Like yeah, it uh, it was unrealistic in that sense. I agree with you. It did seem very rushed. And they don't even say why. Uh, you know, if it did feel like everything was happening at at once, which is weird. Yeah, it was breakneck pace, and the, and there was never an indication as to why Kimber decided that she has to get married the day after tomorrow, after Jeff proposes. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, after the video, Kimber shows up on set to apologize to Rio for in her parlance, popping off at him. Rio accepts the apology and admits he's gone off of, on her a few times before, so I guess no harm, no foul? I guess. Kimber tells Rio she couldn't imagine Rio not being at her wedding, which takes him by surprise. He assumes incorrectly that she's marrying Sean, but Kimber corrects him and says it's Jeff. When Rio questions why... Kimber admits that Jeff is exciting and that she never knows what he's going to do next. These are such bad reasons to get married to a person. (laughs) No kidding. Textbook. Textbook case. Oh my God, Kimber. You should not be getting married because of this. But I think that that, I I guess that's really all the sort of the point of this, even though it's not really stated, but just the fact that like they're getting married right away and when Rio's like, why are you marrying him? She's like, well, he's exciting. I don't know what he's going to do next. All these are, are really bad things. And I guess it's really meant to show that Kimber is being a bit immature or a lot immature as the case may be. A bit. Expensive immaturity, yeah. that's for sure. And also just like why all of these things are just a bad idea. It's sort of a commentary on that whole thing where cartoons of this era and toys of this era kind of shove weddingness at little girls maybe that was meant to be a commentary hmm. Hmm. maybe it was maybe rio asks how sean took the news and kimber says he didn't seem to care and this is interesting because she says she had hoped he would have asked her not to marry jeff what does that say about kimber that she's immature <laughs> she's ridiculous but yeah, it's look, when you are a person who dates more than one guy and you want one of the guys to do something, you don't use the other guy to make him jealous. That's that's really the lesson that we have learned this on 
this episode of Gem is that you don't use one guy to make another guy jealous, especially if you're the kind of person who has multiple guys in her life. And there's no judgment on having multiple guys, but don't pit them against each other. It's not going to work out for anybody. I'm glad they told that lesson because, uh, you know, quite frankly, I probably would have made that mistake in my own personal relationship. Really? You would have pit one I mean, guy against thank, another thank, guy? Thankfully, a cartoon is here to set me straight. Well, hey, look, you got to teach the children somehow. I guess. He previously shot an overexposed scene forces Jeff to redo a dangerous stunt on the set of Starbright. Things are not off to a good start when Jeff starts off the line in his race car a few seconds too early. The car collides and crashes, and Rio yells at the paramedics to pull Jeff out. But it turns out that it was Sean driving the car dun, all dun, along. Dun. Yeah. And what is he wanted to prove to Kimber that he was just as exciting as Jeff? Oh my god! And then he passes out. And then he passes out. <laughs> oh my god! This is so dumb. <laughs> Men are dumb on this show. <laughs> what what's dumb about it? Well, first of all, Sean is not a trained stunt person. And that shows because he goes too early on the thing and that's why he crashes into the stuff and that's why he passes out and and his legs are all broken. And and then he's like, "I did it to show you that I could be exciting. Son, do some other things to be exciting. Uh, you know, bungee jumping. That's exciting. Um, I don't know. Parasailing. That's pretty exciting." Or just walking up to the girl you like and saying, please don't marry that other dude because I like you. That's exciting. What I was, <laughs> yeah. What I was confused about, though, is how did he get into the car and where the hell is Jeff in this? Jeff is too busy off somewhere, I don't know, quaffing his hair. But I just, I. <laughs> he was scheduled to do this stunt. He's the only guy, we presume. He's the only stunt man. Who's scheduled to do this stunt. So I, it just doesn't make sense to I me. I blame make any the sense. assistant director because the guy who is in charge of all of these scenes is not Howard Sands. I don't know if you noticed that, but the guy who's like, you're saying, all right, we're going to do this shot. We're going to do blah, blah, blah. That is not Howard Sands. That's some other yes. dude. That's the assistant director. And the assistant director doesn't yeah. seem to be paying attention to much. And I got to wonder what, if he's committed to sparkle motion like the rest of them are. I mean, for one thing, he's allowing Rio to do mechanical things, random mechanical things on his set. Because when Kimber walks up to Rio, he's fixing a light. Why is Rio fixing a light? Why is Rio well, even Rio here? must be in the union. <laughs> just, Rio is just always doing something randomly mechanical. He does everything. He yeah, he, he does he does everything. This is this is a problem not just with his character, but I think with a lot of the characters. Well, not a lot of the characters, some of the characters, but you know, the, it, it just it's silly. It's like you know, Rio does everything. He's the great boyfriend, arguably. He's the stage manager. He you know he can fix synthesizers and rebuild them from scratch. He can you know he's a technician. He's a Jack of all trades. It's like, come on now. Right. This is a movie, a big, you know, Hollywood movie production. You're telling me that you can't hire people to do these jobs? Like, right. it's it's silly. It is pretty silly. I mean, it's just like an excuse to just have Rio everywhere and he doesn't. Oh, doesn't it's totally there. an excuse to have him there. <laughs> it's like, it's almost as if they're saying to people that are watching the show, like, you know, hey, when you grow up, 
This is the type of guy that you could get. He does everything. Yeah, I know. I know, cringe. At the hospital, we see Kimber and Rio in the waiting room. Kimber regrets not realizing how hurt Sean was after finding out she was going to marry Jeff. Rio tries to console Kimber and tells her that it wasn't her fault, that she couldn't have known he would attempt that crazy stunt. I mean, well, yeah, I guess. I guess that's, I'm glad he said that. It is. Like, actually, Rio is less terrible in this episode than he usually is in general. Like, yeah, because it, it's weird because even in the last episode, he was a lot nicer to Kimber than he usually is. Like, because Kimber's expecting him to be mean to her. Remember when she's like, I suppose you think I deserve that. He's like, no, I don't. I just think that maybe you should just figure out what you want. But he says it in kind of a nice way. And so you're like, oh, Rio is being uncharacteristically not a dickweed at this time. And it's the same here. He is being uncharacteristically not a dickweed. And he's actually comforting Kimber and giving her sound advice, I think. I don't know what happened. I mean, Rio's yeah, sound worse, advice. But I don't know what happened. <laughs> of course. Sound, sound advice, indeed. A nurse enters and gives some good news. The prognosis for Sean is good and that he will pull through, but he's still in a coma. Kimber insists on staying at the hospital, but Rio tells her to go home as she is getting married the following right. day, which, of course, <laughs> Tempest, you touched on earlier. Everything is happening so What's fast. Happening? Why is she getting married tomorrow? She's like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, lady, if you're forgetting that you're getting married tomorrow, maybe you shouldn't be getting married tomorrow. Yeah. The next day, Jerrica, Shayna, Ajahn, Rhea are all helping Kimber prep for the wedding. And uh, we can see in this shot, Kimber is getting her gown on. The phone rings and Jerrica answers. It's the hospital telling her that Sean has just regained consciousness. Not even just the hospital. It's Rio on the phone. Rio. Sorry, Rio. Yeah, Rio calls. Rio, okay. And what's funny is, is that, you know, she answers the phone and she's like, oh, that's great news. And then she just hangs it up. I was like, you can say goodbye. <laughs> she, you know, because Kim. You know what? I give her a pass on that because this is an observation I've made in TV shows and movies that people rarely say goodbye when they hang up. True. You notice that? They get their information. They're just like, well, this call is done. I'm just going to hang up this phone. Yeah, click. Like, if it was me in real life, we'd be like, that's rude. Yeah. And, and Rio imparts a lot of information to her in the few seconds before she actually hangs up that phone. Because, you know, Kimber's like, oh, I'm so glad he's awake. But is Rio going to be here? She said, well, Rio's going to stay and talk to him for a little bit. So he's going to be like, I'm like, when did he give you this information, Jerrica? Because you literally were on the phone with him for five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was just like, oh, Sean's awake. Bye. Yeah. Kimber begins to worry when Jeff hasn't shown up. Fashionably late and making a grand entrance, Jeff arrives on his motorcycle already in his tux. Shayna makes a comment that she's like, how romantic. So yeah, I don't even understand that. It's just a motorcycle. I don't right. get it. I'm like, I, why wouldn't he arrive in his motorcycle? Because- like, uh, That's his only vehicle. Right. Because if there's going to be a limo to take you out somewhere, like that's fine, but that's for later. You don't- Yeah. I feel like this uh, is just like weird. them getting us ready for the fact that Jeff is really just not husband material <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah. I think so. That's got to be it. Some of the Starlight girls are seen filling up a bag of rice. They seem to be in good spirits. Jerrica calls for them as the ceremony is about to begin. They have plans. God, have I really 30, feel 30 like this plans. is just being rushed. Ah, oh, this just feels so rushed. It's so rushed. Of course it's rushed. 
Because did you know? Look, okay. So then I forget. I think it's like we pan over uh, the the area in, on the mansion's grounds where Kimber's going to have her wedding, and there's these tables everywhere, and there's like all yes. these decorations. There's doves just flying, just like they haven't even yeah, who, been who, released. Who put from all the cave this together? Yet. There's just doves everywhere, right? I don't understand. How did they pull all this together yeah. in two days? I don't know. I, mm. I just don't know. Two days. You can't. You can't do any of those things in two days. Yeah, we just have to let this slide because it's going to break our brains if we continue to try to figure out why. Well, okay, I will, I will tell you why. Because actually, we, we had a comment on our Facebook page on the, um, on the post about the last episode, a post about uh, part one. That was very interesting. And the person, um, hold on, I'm going to look up his name real quick. Okay, so Bear S. Elliott. We're going to give a shout out to Bear Elliott. Because he dropped some very interesting information into the comments of this Facebook post. And one of the things he said was that Mattel was apparently trying to do this thing where they were going to challenge because Barbie had like some wedding set come out. Like every now and then Barbie gets married or somebody gets married. I think it's usually not actually Barbie, but like there's a bride set, there's a wedding and whatever. And so there was supposed to be like a gem and a holograms bridal wedding set kind of thing with Kimber as the bride because they didn't want Jem to get married for some reason. And like Jeff and Sean would be like dolls for the bridal set, I guess. So then you could decide who should Kimber marry, which I find to be hilarious. But I I, I feel like just their rush to be like, okay, we're going to have like all this bridal stuff and whatever. So they can put together a wedding in two days. And you're like, don't give little girls false Ideas about how long it takes to put together a wedding, please. It's hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're too young. The demographic is too young to really know a difference, though. Well, they're too or young to, to know the difference, kind of but they're not impact. too young to be marketed at. I mean, because it's true. I remember sure. oh, absolutely. as a kid that there were like, you know, wedding Barbie, like friends of Barbie getting married in their wedding gowns and whatnot. Little girls are constantly having like wedding stuff shoved at them. So... Yeah. Jerrica and Kimber take a peek at the crowd from a distance. Jerrica appears surprised at how many friends Kimber has, which I thought was a weird comment to make. She's like, oh, Kimber, you have so many friends. Maybe what she should have said was, oh, you have so many friends who at a moment's notice can drop everything, find some fancy clothes, and come to your terrible wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Kimber doesn't seem to be too nervous here. She seems fairly confident from what I can see. And... She asks Jerrica to call Synergy for a favor. She asks Synergy to create a hologram of Jem since the wedding won't be complete without her attendance. What do you think she meant by that? Do you think she meant that the crowd would be wondering, well, where the hell is Jem in in this? Or do you think she thinks of Jem, the persona, the, the fake persona, as like, I don't know, is she attributing some kind of personality? Like, I don't know if she's treating... Jem as like a person, even though she isn't. Well, but I, I mean, technically, Jem is a person. <laughs> She's just well, a yeah, person that exists uh, on Jem, top of so. Jerrica. But no, I think that it's it made a lot of sense. I was actually like, if I had been in that crowd, I'd be like, why isn't Jem one of the bridesmaids? You know, all the other holograms are sure. bridesmaids. How come Jem is just sauntering in here at the last minute without a bridesmaid's dress on? That would have been my thought, because I'm yeah. catty and mean. But you know, Jem is an important person in Kimber's life whether or not she is technically real, she is still important to her. So of course, like she can't have a wedding without Jem. Like 
that would be like, I don't know, the new kids on the block. Like if Jordan Knight got married and Donnie Wahlberg didn't show up, like that would be ridiculous. Sure. And of course, okay, so Jordan Knight would want Donnie Wahlberg at his wedding. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that, but yes, you would. It seems risky because the hologram of Jim goes and sits down. I think it was in the front row. What if somebody behind Jem tried to tap her on her shoulder to get her attention? Her hand would have gone right through the hologram. Nobody touches. It seems Jem. risky. Nobody touches Jem. You don't touch Jem. Right, celebrity Jem. Right. No one would dare. No. It's still weird, though. I mean, at least you know they had a place for her sitting amongst the hologram. But it is weird that she wasn't a bridesmaid. It's just I'm mad about that. <laughs> I've been mad about that. Uh, since yeah, I, I like don't 10. know why. Yeah, it's odd. Jeff is nervous about the wedding, and we see him working off his nerves at the gym in Starlight Mansion. I didn't even know they had a gym. Right? Have they ever showed this before? They have never showed the gym in the mansion before. That's just, a, it also it was labeled to, gym. <laughs> yeah, I had to do a double take. I'm like, there's a gym. There's a gym because of plot requirements. It's it's like the room of requirement. Maybe Synergy made that gym out of light and awesomeness. Well, Howard arrives to uh, get Jeff off the equipment and to the ceremony since it's about to start. And right before the ceremony begins, Kimber kisses her sister on the cheek and thanks her for everything. I guess they've repaired their little contentious point from part one and they're sisters. They're just gonna do things eventually. You know, actually, I, I had, I, I guess this wouldn't have worked out. But I remember when I first saw this episode, I thought that when Kimber said that there's somebody with whom the ceremony wouldn't be complete, she was talking about synergy. But I guess synergy is sort of attending the ceremony in the form of Jerrica's earrings. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. Yeah. Well, we are at the second video of this episode again. Uh, all the videos are from Jim and the Holograms, and. It is Happy Ever After, which the title really bothers me from a grammatical sense, but it makes sense in the context when you hear the lyrics at the chorus. But I keep wanting to think that this title is Happily Ever After, not Happy Ever After. Well, no, because Happily Ever After actually comes at the end. Happy Ever After is a wish, a desire, a hope for the future. Okay. It just it just sounds weird when I read it, that's all. I always feel like this song should have been titled It's a Short Walk Down the Aisle. Because that's the thing that Jem keeps repeating. Um, and, and actually for a really long time, that's what I thought it was. Because I just I just listened to the song and so like that's the thing that she keeps repeating all the time. So this song, actually, I really love it. Um, it's more of that like, oh weddingness. And and I actually feel like it, it really sort of encapsulates it it does a character thing here which sometimes these these songs don't actually do character things but this song is doing a character thing and the character thing it's doing is it's showing what's going through Kimber's mind really as she's walking down the aisle to you know get married to this guy and she's thinking about all the things that it's supposed to mean you know two little words and you're going to sit, spend your lives together, and it's supposed to be happy for you. It's supposed to be happy ever after. It's supposed to be a fairy tale. And, you know, like she says later, just, I, you know, I wanted to get married for all the wrong reasons. I just want to have a big party. And this is sort of like that keys into that. And this is why I, I even though I don't know if they mean it to, 
I feel like this episode is kind of a commentary on the way that marriage and weddings are shoved at young women and young girls in our society. And so as Kimber is thinking about all those like sort of traditional wedding thoughts as she walks down this aisle to go get married to this dude, she also starts to think about all the things that she regrets or she might regret. Like, what if Jeff harms himself while he's doing stunt work? Because as we have seen, Jeff is not a very careful stuntman. So um, he's going to be, you know, in danger and death land all the time. And then there's like that really sad shot of her, like Jeff sort of dragging her away as Sean is there on his crutches with his legs broken. And she sort of like reaches out towards him, but she still goes, she still leaves. And so, yeah, I think that this, this video actually makes the song better because it's, it's showing all of this stuff. Because on the, on the surface of it, like just a song, even though it's like a really pretty song, I like it musically. If you just listen to the lyrics, it's, it's sort of sappy and, and kind of cliche, but put together with what's going on in the images of the video. And you see that this is like Kimber's thoughts as she's actually walking down this aisle. It actually makes it a much better song. I agree. That's well said. And as musically speaking, I, I kind of preferred this song to the first one. Not that the first song is bad, but I, I kind of like this song a little better. Yeah. Well, speaking of walking down the aisle, we should probably uh, find out what's going to happen next here. After the music video, the wedding ceremony commences. The priest asks Jeff if he'll take Kimber as his lawfully wedded wife, but he <laughs> stammers and says, I, 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 I do. People should have run away at that point. Yeah, Kimber stammers as well and sounds like she's not really sure about going through with it. Why but you she married accepts. two days after you propose. Ah, this can't end well. The priest asks if anyone objects to Kimber and Jeff's marriage, and we see Rio, who comes rushing down the aisle with a marriage proposal. Well, it's got a ring. He opens a jewelry box and shows Kimber a diamond ring. Both Kimber and Jerica are shocked. And then, of course, we cut to a commercial break to build some tension. <laughs> I think this scene is so plainly obvious what they're trying to do, but it's so it's so silly. Well, yeah, because like even as a kid, I was like, uh, no, Rio has just come from where Sean is. Because we have already it's established so that Rio's with Sean. And Sean is the one who wants yeah. to marry Kimber. What's, why is everybody pretending like that's not what's going to happen? Also, I have right. to note. So, you know, we, we talked about last week how Sean bought a ring. You know, and that ring was like the kind of ring that you give somebody who you want to like make sure that they can stab someone in the face or something because that ring was just so dangerous looking. But one thing that comes out during the short walk down the aisle, happy ever after video is that Jeff, the ring that he gives Kimber is that same freaking dangerous looking ring. <laughs> so when Rio brings it, I was like, so what is happening? Are all the rings, all the wedding rings in this show, like dangerous? They're going to cut you? I, I mean, once again, I say, if you're going to give somebody a ring that can cut somebody, first bathe it in the blood of their enemies. That's interesting. You know, you mentioned that in part one. And I, I, once again, I just didn't notice the ring. It didn't. Oh, Alex. You know, I wasn't paying attention to it. So <laughs> <laughs> good observation. 
Kimber mistakenly thinks Rio wants to marry her, which again, oh, so weird. <laughs> but he quickly clarifies the proposal came from Sean, who couldn't walk and asked Rio, I guess as a proxy to sort of ask Kimber on his behalf to marry him. Kimber takes the ring and apologizes to Jeff, saying she can't go through with the wedding. Jeff is relieved and says he was having second thoughts on the way to the ceremony. He's just not ready to give up his carefree lifestyle. He's not ready to give up having sex with other ladies other than Kimber. That's exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, though, when Kimber has sex with other men, he gets upset and throws them yeah. through a window. He's a jerk. I don't like him. Jeff offers to drive Kimber to the hospital to see Sean, which actually I thought was a nice gesture. Right. And also, it, was it almost like, seems like he's kind of like he's he's mellowed happy. out a bit or something. Well, also, it was just hilarious because she's like, I just want to go see Sean. And he's like, hey, I'll drive you. And they run off together. And you're like, so they run off together, but they're not married. And it also, abs- we get absolutely no reaction from anybody except for like Jerrica and Rio. Like, none of the other guests at the wedding are like, look, I dropped my Pilates class for this. Okay. At the last minute, you people call me and you tell me to come to Starlight Mansion. And come to this freaking wedding. You know, Lena Lerner was at that wedding. Fake Tina Turner was at that wedding. I am mad yeah. that fake Tina Turner did not get up and say, where are these shenanigans? And I wanted to know, somebody was like, look, they didn't get married, but can we still have cake? Because you know that like 75% of those people showed up for the cake. Yeah, I I agree. But they did, although there wasn't any dialogue from the guests. They, at the very least, when, you know, when the priest says, you know, speak now forever, hold your peace, and Rio comes running down. The um, uh, the aisle. Every there is a audible shocked sound from the crowd, so they did at least make that effort. But then everybody was just okay with there not being a wedding. They just showed up and put on their nice clothes. I'd be mad. Well, what are they? I mean, unless do? somebody gave control. me some of the wedding cake, then I would be fine. <laughs> well, there's always the open bar. Rio tells Jerrica he's glad everything worked out and that he would hate to see someone make a mistake. Jerrica tells Rio that being married wouldn't be so bad. Then Rio tells Jerrica not to get any ideas. Ugh, this is such cliche nonsense. Why wouldn't Rio want to get married to Jerrica? I mean, other than the fact that he's having sex with Jim. They're the same person. Well, yeah, but he doesn't know that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. What is this whole, right. like, don't get any ideas business? If you like it, then you should well, have put a be- ring on it, Rio. And you know what? Rio's going to pay for that. Coming up over the next, what is it, 13 episodes? Rio is going to pay for not putting a ring on it. He's going to (laughs) pay. It's going to be great. At the hospital, Sean explains to Kimber that when Rio told him she was going to get married to Jeff, he realized he didn't want to lose her. Kimber admits she wanted to get married for a number of reasons that had nothing to do with him or Jeff. She wanted to get out from under Jerrica's thumb for starters, and she wanted to be an adult. She tells Sean she wants to wait and get to know him better. She wants to get married for the right reasons, not because she wants to party or because Sean is afraid of losing her to Jeff. I thought that was... I'm really glad that they at least had her say those things to him. That's true. Like It's one of those times where, in the end, Kimber said some like really smart, immature things. And even though like her whole subplot in these two episodes has been like a pay in to her being ridiculously immature, the fact that 
in the end, it's not even that she she then trades Jeff for Sean. She says, you, you know, stopping me from getting married made me realize that, you know, I was doing all this for the wrong reasons. I really did like that. That was, it was nice that she said that. On a screening of Howard Sands' movie, Starbright, Flint Westwood tells Jem he loved the movie and has seen it twice. Their conversation is rudely interrupted when loudmouth French director Francois Truget arrives and tells everyone that Jem is absolutely without talent. Well, Jem asks why Francois even bothered to come, and he says it's because it was free. She tells him she invited all the Academy members, and it seemed like Francois thought like, oh, she sent an invite just to him, which is ridiculous. Nobody would invite Francois anywhere. He smells. He smells? Why, why do you say that? Just look at him. He looks like the kind of dude that smells. Maybe. Maybe. You know, and he, I wrote down his dialogue here because he's such a pompous ass. He says, yes, well, I'd be happy to share my enlightened opinions with any of them. This dude. And then Flint says, Jim, you want me to make his day? Okay, they need to stop with this. <laughs> First of all, Clint Eastwood. It's the second time they've done that. I know they have. This is terrible because Clint Eastwood would never actually hang out with the likes of Jim. Like, let's just get that clear. Clint Eastwood is too much of a douche canoe to even have that kind of taste to be hanging out with Jim. But also, Clint Eastwood does not run around saying, do you want me to make his day? Like, nope, he doesn't do that. (laughs) He just doesn't. I'm sorry. Stop it. Yeah, it's silly. Drem tries to hold Rio and Flint back from beating up Francois and tells them the screening is a courtesy for all Academy members. The movie screening of Starbright is about to commence. We see Francois making some nasty remarks about Jim as she makes a speech about asking the Academy members to vote for who they think truly deserves an Oscar. I think they would do that anyways. I, I can't see any of the Academy members playing favorites, but you never know. Um, Alex, <laughs> do you, let, me, let me explain something to you. The members of the Academy are mostly stupid people. And, or are they? I don't watch the Oscars. Well, and, and neither do I because they're boring and dumb. But the, the Academy doesn't award things based on who was actually best at stuff. Sure. You know, they, they award things based on really capricious nonsense. And they're racist for the most part. So, yeah, it's not, they're not going to just vote for who they think is best. They're going to be like, well, in this group of people, I feel like such and so deserves it more because she's been an actress for longer and she, you know, hasn't gotten an Academy Award yet. So we're going to give it to her because of that. It's kind of like the way, like Whoopi Goldberg, I can't remember if she was nominated, but she definitely did not win for her performance in The Color Purple. But there was nobody else who turned in a performance that was amazing as Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple the year The Color Purple came out. But the Academy did not give it to her. Instead, many years later, they gave her a Best Supporting Actress for Ghost. And now, Ghost was a fine movie, and Whoopi Goldberg was a fine actress in it. But there is no way that she deserved an an Oscar for Ghost, but didn't deserve one for The Color Purple. The Academy is full of nonsense. Full of nonsense. And I'm 
And I'm sure that I, Francois I Trudeau is that. more actually emblematic of the Academy members than Flit Westwood. Yeah, I'll take your word for that. I actually have not seen The Color Purple or Ghost. Oh, Alex. That's your that homework surprising? for this week. Yeah. Actually, The Color Purple, I added that to my wish list. I was going to buy the Blu-ray for that. It's on Netflix. Well, at least in America. Mm, no, not here. I love Netflix Canada sucks. The day of the award show, Jim is ready to leave for the show, but she's feeling a bit nervous. A limo pulls up, and Rio gets out to announce a special guest, Sean, who is uh, on crutches, but he seems to be doing okay. Kimber's happy to see him. Jeff also gets out of the limo, and both Aja and Rhea scramble to grab him and, and insist he's taking both of them as their dates. Well, I mean, I he guess said he's a he bit would. of a ladies' man. Here's the thing. The animators did not get the note that said that that limo had to be huge. That limo was smaller than most limos. And they're like, oh, my God, that limo's so huge. I'm like, there's no way that all these people fit in that limo. Like, there were, there were what, nine of them? Nine of them did not fit in that limo. And no, then when the limo pulls up to the crowd later, they're like, hey, limo is huge. I'm like, the limo is not huge. The animators did not make the limo huge. I'm mad about those animators. Oh, and also, I just want to give a shout out to, I guess it must be Shayna, because I think... Those outfits, they're not the, we've seen those outfits before. I can't remember where. I mean, obviously that horrible floofy dress that Kimber is wearing is the same one she wore at that party. But the rest of the holograms, their outfits are really awesome. They kind of match a little bit and their hair is a little bit different because they're, you know, they're dressing up. Shayna in particular looks pretty fabulous. And so, you know, good, good for you, Shayna, for designing everybody's outfits and their hair for that evening. Very important evening. Yeah. And. When I saw Shayna and Anthony, I just wanted to say again, we, we've brought this up before, but the two of them are really sweet and they clearly seem to have, I think, the most functional and normal and healthy relationship, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Like Anthony just shows up and he's like, hey, I'm here without drama. <laughs> and I'm here to exactly. take my girlfriend to the award show. Like, you go, Anthony. The holograms pull up to the red carpet. Cameras are flashing as they're bombarded by paparazzi and fans. Rio tells Jem there will only be a million people watching, which upsets Jem and only makes her feel more anxious. He's the worst. Rio is the worst. All right, so the next scene here inside the Oscars. Uh, I don't know who this Bob guy is supposed to be, if he's supposed to be like anyone who is he's based Wait, on anyone real. Bob? I don't know. Who? What are you talking yeah. about? Who's Bob? The guy announcing the awards. Oh, I mean, I'm sure that he's just supposed to be like some dude. I mean, yeah. Flip Westwood gets up there. Lena Lerner and her son get up there to yeah, <laughs> they're back. some awards. And Lena That's looks right. pretty hot in that dress. Yeah, but it was an okay dress for the 80s, I guess. Yeah, so we get to see Lena Lerner and her son, Dominic, come up on stage. And I think they were introducing the makeup awards and we we cut to a shot of the holograms in the audience everyone's looking super bored they're like just get to the best actress award already and we kind of get a, a montage of a few scenes and then eventually we get to the best actress nomination but unfortunately for jim geraldine pathos wins the oscar this is true which if you remember from part one right she was said some not very nice things about Jim. But but before before we talk about that, let's talk about the clips from the Best Actress nominee. <laughs> oh my movies. God! Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Oh my Paranormal 
Eight, what was it? Uh, uh, no, it was, what was um, the name of the so the the Sigourney, the Sigourney Reaver movie, which I was just like, okay, um, was was um Predator, no Paranormal Alien Four, and so first of all, that was clearly actually a scene from the first Alien movie, Alien. Um, oh sure, uh, clearly, or maybe maybe it could have been from Aliens, but there's this is so unrealistic because there's no way that Paranormal Aliens Four would ever like get anybody an Oscar nomination. Like the Academy is so against science fiction movies and so against like sequels of any kind that it would just never happen. But I just love that they were like, and now we will show you how Sigourney Weaver, who we're calling Sigourney Reaver, <laughs> is amazing. Cause she's like, I'm tired of running. I'll kill you. And then she like shoots the alien. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it was actually called Poltergeist Aliens. Which Poltergeist Aliens. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because <laughs> it was so ridiculous. But then the other one was Meryl Streep. And I forget what the fake name for Meryl Streep was in this episode, but it was Meryl Streep. And she was, what was she doing? It was. She like, was have an impassioned argument with some, some oh, guy right, behind some the general. desk. She's like, our. Oh, boys are over there fighting and they don't know what they're fighting for and you can't even tell me and it was like some vietnam movie i'm like oh my god this cartoon is so 80s <laughs> like people are passionately yelling at generals about people fighting in the vietnam war i'm like this is amazing and then geraldine pathos which it didn't occur to me that they named her geraldine pathos as like a pun on pathos until they showed us a clip from a movie that she was in and she's like lying on like some dirty street with some dirty homeless man going, I'll never give up on you. I'll never give up. Like it was the most ridiculous overwrought nonsense and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was pretty amusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, she wins the Oscar and of course everyone looks disappointed we don't get a real sense of how they truly feel until a little bit later. So Geraldine Pathos gives uh, her speech and much to Jem's surprise, gives a public apology for not taking Jem seriously as an actor. And Jem accepts the apology, which I, I thought was nice. Yeah. Backstage, Jem breaks down and tells Kimber that she wanted to win the award so badly. And Kimber begins to cry, and they hug. And she says something really ridiculous, like, you'll always be yeah. a winner to Mis me. <laughs> I guess misery loves company. <laughs> and then, of course, like all the other women who didn't win the Oscar yeah. in the powder room. It's like literally labeled powder room. They're in the powder room crying, which I'm sure that's exactly actually what happens. But so two things. The first thing is, Jem should never have expected to win and I feel like she set herself up for failure by yeah. thinking that she had some kind of chance. But well, I mean, it's it's her. You're right. It is her first movie. She has no acting experience. She should have set the the expectations like really low. Yes, yes, she should have. But I will say this: one of the things that I actually thought was great about Jem not winning the Academy Award, I feel like this is really the first time that the show has allowed Jem to not win, you know, because like, well, 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 no, because in the episode where there was that music award that was called the music award, I'm remembering 
you know, the Misfits won that. But that was sort of implied that she didn't win it because she didn't go to the award ceremony. And that supposedly right. had something to do with like whether or not she would win, which is bunko. But, but, you know, in that instance, she didn't win because she chose to honor her commitments and she was doing the right thing. And so she like won in her heart or whatever. But in this case, it really was, she just, she didn't win. She lost out to this other woman. She really wanted to win, but she didn't. And it's one of the few times on this show where Jem has, is being shown as like, she's not the best. She's not the most beautiful woman ever. She's not the most talented, whatever. She doesn't win. And at least in this case, even though Geraldine Pathos or Pathos or whatever is ridiculous and mean to her, Geraldine Pathos is not a villain. You know, she's not pizzazz. She's not the misfits. And I just think that it's a, it's a really cool thing that they showed this and they showed her being disappointed that she didn't win and they showed all the other women being disappointed because that's a lesson worth imparting to girls too. That sometimes you can do your best and sometimes you can really want something. And even if you're awesome and a good person, you still might not win. Somebody else might win. And they might win not because like they're evil and their machinations. They might just win because they're better than you. I feel like that's that's really that's definitely odd for this show. And I feel like maybe that's Certainly. a little bit odd for children's television. It's atypical for sure. Yeah. But you know what I think takes that down? I agree with you for the most part, but you know what really takes that down a notch? Is as we wrap here, a representative from the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce drops by and interrupts and says to Jim that although she didn't win an Oscar, they're honoring her with a star on Hollywood Boulevard. Which oh, yeah. to me, it's just like, well, you didn't win, but we're going to, here's this concession, which is, it's a big honor to have a star on Hollywood Boulevard and not everyone gets one. That's true. But given the fact that Jem is the head of like a fairly major uh, group sure. that is often at the top of the charts and winning awards, it's totally, it does make sense. Yeah, it totally. She she is the kind of person who would get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, even Anna Nicole Smith has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So, I mean, I don't think the bar is that high, but. <laughs> no, I guess not. But, you know, it's like as, as a person who is an entertainer who has done well, who has sold many records, who's very popular. That's the kind of person, yeah, that you would want to put on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Donald Trump has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, okay? Does I'm he really? Say, yes. Oh, God. Like I'm saying, the bar ain't that high. Ugh, you're right about that. But it's still well, an honor. It is still an honor. Speaking of Hollywood things, the last video in this episode called Hollywood Gem, which, by the way, did we not hear this in part one already? Yeah, it was it was the first song actually we we heard in part one, but I think that there's an explanation for this, and it again comes from Bear Elliott on Facebook because he was commenting because I, I whatever I said something about how like I I wasn't sure what was going on with this Hollywood gem and maybe it was because they were trying to like launch a doll or something, and he did confirm that and that Hasbro wanted to. I think I said Mattel earlier, but it's not Mattel. So, or I was talking about Barbie. Anyway, so Hasbro wanted to do Hollywood Gem. And it's, according to him, I have no idea how true this is, but according to him, Hasbro like wanted to go in a whole new direction with Gem. 
And so Hollywood Gem, like that was actually going to be the next phase of the show. The Gem was actually going to become a Hollywood actress. And that was going to be her thing instead of being in a, in a group. And, you know, so Kimber was going to get married and go off, you know, with her wedding playset. And Jem was going to become a Hollywood star. And then he said that the holograms were going to go away. And it was just going to be about Jem being a movie star. And quite honestly, in looking at the end of this episode, like just the way that they frame things and how they bookend the beginning of the first episode and the end of this episode with that song, Hollywood Jem. And he says that Hollywood Jem was going to be the new theme song. And, and if that's all true, it, it makes a lot of sense for how this episode ends, you know, because it ends with them repeating Hollywood Gem. And there's like a few new video elements, you know, of like her standing on the Walk of Fame and stuff like that. But then a lot of even the video is repeated from the first episode, which is weird. So, yeah, I, I can see how they thought that they were going to go forward with that. But for whatever reason, they ended up not, you know, doing Hollywood Gem and just continuing on with what they did. So I have always maintained that that Hollywood Gem parts one and two were both at the end of season two and the beginning of season three was the stingers hit down. But now I'm wondering if that's just not true, that, that it really is that Hollywood Gem part one aired and then there was a season break. And then somewhere in that season break, they decided that they weren't going to do the Hollywood Gem concept. So even though they already had like the second episode, they probably even already had it produced. They just didn't air it. But then they decided, well, well we're not going to go through with that concept. We're going to do something else. So that's all really interesting. I, I would love to find out if that is true or not, because that, you know, can you imagine what the show would have been like if it had been about Gem as a Hollywood star? Yeah, that would have certainly been different. I don't know if it would have been better or worse, but I did see that comment on the Facebook page. I did find that very fascinating and would like, uh, would definitely would like uh, some kind of evidence whether or not that, that really was true. Hopefully it is. But uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we can ask Christy Marks about that. You know, yeah. I feel like, you know, once we're done with all of the episodes, we have, you know, we've been talking about what we're going to do at the end of this podcast. One of the things that I would love to do is do a few podcasts about the graphic novel and the stuff yes. that's going on in there. And maybe we will do that interview the, the writer and the artist for the graphic novel. But maybe all other things we could do is like try to ask Christy Marks to come and have a conversation with us and Samantha Newark and Greta Phillips. Yeah. Well, funny we that you say that about because... Hollywood Gem. <laughs> 47 minutes ago, Alan Kessinger on our Facebook page said, Christy Marks is on Facebook. And when I mentioned having her appear on the podcast, she seemed open to the idea. Oh, that would be so cool. And so cool. I believe Samantha Newark even uh, would be interested in coming on the show from what I hear from Aline. I think so. Yeah. Samantha Newark is also on Facebook. And I recently joined a couple of different Facebook groups that are about Gemini Holograms and she's all over them. So she loves interacting with the fandom, which I have always appreciated about her. She's very, you know, she's very in touch about with the, the fans. fans of Jim. Absolutely. Yeah. She's very in touch with the fans and very passionate, which is awesome. But, uh, you know, speaking of Christy Marks, uh, I looked her up and there are a couple of Facebook pages for her and none of them look verified. So I have no idea which one is really her. Do you have any idea? I don't, but you know, I know somebody who knows somebody. So we'll have to ask. We'll have to ask. It'll be good. Okay. Great. Well, that is uh that is 
it for Hollywood Gem Part 2. You know, it's interesting. Netflix said that uh, Hollywood Gem Part 2 was Season 3, Episode 1, but I don't believe that's correct. According to IMDb, that is the end of Season 2. Oh, okay. So I was right the first time. All right. I guess that makes I believe sense. so. Because, yeah. yeah, it's like just narratively, it's just like with a with the break between season one and two narratively i feel like where netflix breaks them is incorrect because i don't feel like jem would have had like a huge long hiatus in between like two episodes that were halves of each other that's no that's something they do on network television right that's right yeah i I don't think it makes sense and it, it does make sense that the stingers introduction would be a good way to open a brand new season right yeah and even if they had, like, just, you know, initially had that plan where they were like, we're going to turn Jem into a Hollywood star, then, you know, that, again, easily would have been like, okay, then season three, episode one would have been like, hey, so because she was nominated for an Oscar and because she was in this second horrible movie that makes no sense, Jem <laughs> um, has decided to stop being a singer and go be a Hollywood star. And Howard Sands is her producer, director, whatever. And that could have been interesting. But I actually, I like where they went with the show. But I, we're, we're going to have so many discussions about the singers. It's going to be great. So I'm so excited. We're almost there. Yeah, we are almost there. So you'll have to tune in next week to catch the stingers introduction. And hopefully Aline will be feeling better and she can join us on that one. It'd be great to have her back. It's going to be amazing. You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I'm here with K Tempest Bradford as always and if you'd like to check out all of the things that she does on social media and her writing and videos head to ktempestbradford.com follow her on Twitter at Tiny Tempest and uh, of course her YouTube channel for the K Tempest Bradford Challenge and her new podcast The Right Gear which is on this podcast network Uh, Available in your podcast player of choice, iTunes, Downcast, Overcast, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere where podcasts pretty much are available. Anywhere that counts anyways. If you'd like to show your support for this show, the best way you can do that is by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash hologram radio. Become a regular donator. Donate whatever you feel you can comfortably part with and join the other awesome people, and uh, hopefully we can reach our first uh, goal and uh, do some fun stuff like other like t-shirts and other merch as well. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes to ensure you get every new episode each and every week, and if you leave a review, which we sincerely hope you do, we will give you a shout-out on the show like we've done in the past for other people. So go ahead and do that now. Take a moment and do that. Follow this podcast on Twitter, at Gem Podcast. And uh, we're also on Facebook, at Gem Podcast. Check out the other awesome podcasts on this network. Uh, We're on Instagram as well, at Hologram Radio Shows. And if you'd like to send feedback to Tempest, Aline, or myself, send an email to gemcast at hologramradio.org. It's been a while since we've had any email feedback. And you can also... Add your thoughts to the episode conversation by using our comments on the website. So anytime you see us on Twitter or Facebook, link to a new episode on the Hologram Radio website. Click on that link. At the bottom of the post, you you will see a feedback button. And when you click on that, 
you can use your Discuss account to leave a comment. Until next week, show's over, Synergy.